It's a common notion that the most influential time in your life is in your teens. Now, I'm talking more influential around maybe societal things, culture, music, entertainment, film, the people that you hang out with, all that kind of societal soft stuff, if you want. It's probably not even soft stuff, but uh, go with me on this. But I really believe as you go into your 20s and start to earn money, maybe for the first time, your 20s can be the most defining years of your financial life. And what do I mean by that? Well, the decisions that you make in your 20s can absolutely set up your 30s and then into your 40s. I know people that are into their 40s now and they are just recovering from some of the financial decisions or lack of financial decisions that they made in their 20s. See, what happens is you're not active, you're not dialed in, you're just floating around, you're consuming things with debt. And before you know it, you're in your 30s and then you still haven't got your act together. And before you know it, knock, 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 40s are here. So what we need to do, we need to get intentional about our money in our 20s. Now, what if you're not in your 20s? Well, I still want you to have a listen because some of the things that I'm talking about here can be applied at any age. You might be in your 30s or 40s and you need that, oh, aha, the aha moment. This podcast is about money and it's about you. It's not really about an age, but today I am really focusing on people in their 20s. But if you're not in your 20s, be like me, be a bit older and be a bit awesome and still be encouraged anyway. So all that to say, I have distilled a heap of comments from a post in the Facebook group and I think there are three main things that you should consider in your 20s and I'm going to use you, the My Millennial Money community, to give some examples of what went well in your 20s, what didn't go well and we'll have a bit of fun along the way. Okay, housekeeping, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Thanks for having a listen. And for those, it's not your first rodeo, you know the deal. Quiet at the back, concentrate, looking up at the front, but have some fun. Let's get into it. It's Glenn James here. This is My Millennial Money. The first thing that in a perfect world, and note, I said a perfect world, this world is far from perfect, but... I reckon the first thing, if you're like, if you've just woken up today, you're 19 years old, 364 days old or whatever, you're just about to turn 20. In a perfect world, you'd want to keep out of any type of consumer debt. I'm talking about paying for crap with money that isn't yours. You've got to realize society and the banking machine, so banks make their money primarily from debt, debt products, right? Be it a mortgage, which is fine. We need, we need a mortgage to buy a home. But I'm talking about this high interest rate stuff. Banks make their money from debt products and they spend a lot of money advertising debt products. I'm talking about credit cards. I'm talking about um, personal loans. I'm talking about afterpay, zip pay, all these big money businesses are built off the back of debt. And we know one thing, debt makes money to the people that you owe the debt to. So from a younger age, like even as a teenager, I knew what a credit card was. I used to say to mum and dad all the time, like, oh, why don't you guys get a credit card? Because it was cool to have a credit card and you just buy stuff when you want it. Like it's just so convenient and sounds cool. And I really think 
with this whole consumer debt thing, right? Philosophically, it's so, so disgusting. And what do I mean by that? Well, there are people, as you listen to this, living here in Australia. There are people, as you're listening to this, living in other parts of the world. Could be our closest neighbours, Papua New Guinea, Indonesia, New Zealand, any of the Pacific Island countries. Like just in our region and in Australia, there are people that are going to bed tonight with an empty stomach, without shelter, but you want to borrow money to buy a pair of jeans? Um, it just doesn't make sense. Now, I'm being dramatic and, you know, I'm being a bit over the top, but I just want you to really think about this whole thing with consumer debt. I am borrowing money, tying up my cash flow and paying back for maybe a number of years for something that I consume. I mean, if you said to somebody that was struggling to make ends meet and living 100% the most humble life in another country, in a village somewhere, life's good, we just go and tend to the field, we grow our own produce, it's stress-free. Like, and I've visited parts of these places around the world. Like imagine rocking up and going, oh yeah, we're really stressed where we live in Australia because we actually go to work, earn money, and with that money, we think we can afford something. So we use it to pay down debt because we've borrowed money to consume something to give us pleasure. They would laugh at that. We're there like that extreme other side where living the minimalist remote life, it just doesn't make any sense. So, coming back to this, we've got to keep out of consumer debt. And this applies to everyone, I believe. Whether you're 20, whether you're 30, whether you're 40, whether you're 50, I've had people in my financial planning office come in when I was a licensed and practicing financial advisor, and they were in their 60s and still struggling with consumer debt. So, as much as this is a thing for every age cohort and every demographic and all that stuff, I really want to speak to the 20-year-olds, the 19-year-olds, everyone starting their career, starting to get their first income, to not start the habit, to not start the practice, to not start the way of living where you spend money before you earn it. And that's like hitting the bedrock. That is what consumer debt is spending money before you've earned it. What could go wrong? And we'll leave that little pause in there. What could go wrong? You're spending tomorrow's prosperity in your life today. So that means in the future, you're still living in the past decisions that you made about your future. How funny is that? When you use consumer debt, and I know like 75% of our listeners of the My Millennial Money podcast do not have any consumer debt. That's not to say they've been through it. Hell, I can tell you my story when I got my first bit of consumer debt. It was dumb. Like I was 18 years old. It was just ridiculous. 
I financed a Sony LED 30 centimeter monitor for my computer. It was $800. And I did it through GE from Harvey Norman. It was dumb. But I was just part of this society where a small weekly or monthly payment, because it's quote unquote manageable, it makes it normal. But the problem is, and you know, we'll read some of these stories, it's got to come to a head somewhere. Someone's got to be kept holding the bag. So, and I don't want to really start this on a bit of a downer, but if you're in your 20s, I really just encourage you to keep away from consumer debt. So some of the posts that I'll be reading today, Andrew Sermon in the Facebook group at the end of last year, he wrote and he beat me to it because I was wanting to get some content for this episode. But he said, vague question for all. Be as general as specific as you'd like. If past mid-20s, where were you financially? If in mid-20s, where are you? And if you're approaching mid-20s, where do you want to be? So Jenny Bowdage, she wrote, where I was financially in my 20s. She was in debt. She couldn't shake it. As much as I wanted to learn, I just didn't know where to start. Thankfully, fast forward to now, I've got my stuff sorted. Magdalena wrote, in the past, I've made so many mistakes that I'm paying for now. Amy Hendley, mid-20s, I was digging my way out of personal debt. It had all cleared before I was 30 and it was so satisfying making that first payment. Belinda Mitchell, mid-20s, I was still on a little under 40K a year as a retail manager and lived alone. Saving a whopping $100 per week after essentials, never had any consumer debt though. I just want to pause on this one. The thing is, through your 20s, you know, she was saving, she said, I think sarcastically, $100 a week after essentials. I'm of the view, if you get through your 20s during the establishment part of your career and you've got no debt, you've got an established career, because you might spend a lot of your 20s studying or traveling and just living life, and we'll talk about that soon. But if you come out of this stage without any consumer debt, with $100 in the bank, but you've got your education and forget your hex and help debt, and we'll talk about that soon as well. You're just in such a great spot because you haven't built consumer debt in your life as one of the foundations. Like you just haven't done it. So, you know, when Belinda was in her 20s, she was earning 40K as a retail manager. And I'd probably like reading into this, probably a 55, 60 grand income now, assuming Belinda's um, in her 30s. And she never had any debt. She got through it. This one here, Olivia Mel J. She said, I'm 35. At 29, I had 30K saved and nothing else. I'm going to assume that she kept away from consumer debt because what I've seen, and this is anecdotal from all my years helping people get out of debt, getting onto a plan, financial planning and all that. I wouldn't say it's the rule. I wouldn't say it's the exception. I would just say anecdotally, I just kept seeing this time and time again. People that had consumer debt, personal loans, credit cards, car loans, Afterpay, ZipPay, all that stuff, there was a higher chance that they didn't have a good amount of cash savings or they lived week on week. 
from the outside looking in, they were successful, had a good job, had a good income, but they were carrying a lot of consumer debt. So Olivia having 30K and nothing else at 29, I would make the assumption that she hasn't been in the debt habit. So you've really got to shake that debt habit, right? And I'll just finish on this one for the keeping out of consumer debt as a goal for those in your 20s or anyone else that is thinking about consumer debt or you might be at any age trying to work your way out of consumer debt. Chrissy said, I'm 23. Where do I want to be? Well, she said, in the next few months, I will be consumer debt free for the first time in my adult life. She wrote a heap of other stuff, but I just think there is no shade, no criticism of any individual actions here because because I've been there myself with sloppy financial habits in my early 20s. But from a just looking in at this situation, my whole adult life, I've been in consumer debt. So she's been an adult for five years. And most of us at age 23, we're still working out things and trying to work on our career, what we want to do. And the problem is, in working class, normal Australia and all that stuff, the marketing about debt that's been through generations, buying things that you don't have the money for yet. And you've just turned 18 and you get a credit card because you think that's sophisticated. You've believed the lie that's thick and fast out there that you need a credit card to help your credit rating. And it's just not true. So so in finishing point one, you've got to keep out of consumer debt. If you're in consumer debt, you've got to work so hard changing your habits and your behaviors to get out of consumer debt. And if you're not in your 20s and you do have consumer debt, take this as your little warning sign that something needs to change and it needs to change sooner than later. Point two, in your 20s, I want you to focus on experiencing life as much as you can, having fun as much as you can, but I want you to cash flow it. So what do I mean by cash flow it? Well, cash flowing something basically means you get paid, you save up, and then you pay for something. It's 100% coming out of your cash flow. This kind of is uh, turning it up from keeping out of consumer debt. And I will read some really cool examples in a moment. But in your 20s, most of us do not have stuff that's tying us down. Most of us are pretty free to just work, hang out with lots of friends, go to parties, travel, and have fun. And I don't think as a financial podcaster, I would ever say that you shouldn't experience life. You shouldn't get out there and travel. You shouldn't do all these fun stuff if you want to, but you just need to make sure that you cash flow it. And realistically, these three themes, like the first one, consumer debt, the second one, experiencing life, are what it comes down to, to be in your 20s and to really set up that as your best decade uh, that you can. Becky said, she's 30 now and in mid-20s, still paycheck to paycheck, no savings and no assets beyond a car and some guitars, was just enjoying freedom and having fun. She said a lot has changed in five years though. So that goes back to the comments I said before, like 
If you rock up out of your 20s and you've basically got nothing to your name, but you had the best time ever, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Heck, if you rock up and you're out of your 20s and you've got a heap of debt, well, that's not ideal, but we just need to make sure that you work on cleaning that up ASAP and that not carrying into your 30s. Stephen Anderson had no money in my 20s, was traveling the world, uh, and he started wealth creation at 30. So, you know, 30s is the new 20s, isn't it? I don't know, probably isn't. This is a cool one here. Vicky said, I'm late 30s. In my mid-20s, I was rightly enjoying life, traveling, taking every opportunity, and those experiences made me who I am today. Not getting in debt, but spending my hard-earned money. Today, finances are a priority, and I have no regrets that my 20s were spent living. Now I have kids, mortgages, and business commitments. So take it from Vicky. Get out there. Smash life. Enjoy it, but keep out of debt. Some of the best experiences I've had in my life were in my 20s. Laura said, mid-20s, I had no idea about money. I had a heap of debt and not a care in the world about it. I started caring at age 27. I'm now 34 and my net worth is getting close to seven figures. And this is, what I, this is why I wanted to read heaps of people's responses. I wish I had the sense to care earlier, but compounding is pretty freaking cool when you do get going. So living life, having all the fun in the world, doing it with debt. The good thing about this is Laura started caring at age 27. Now, the thing with compounding is when you have compounding interest or investments or dividends, you get interest on the interest. So it compounds, right? You might have $10 one day. The next day, you might get a dollar interest. Then the next day's interest calculation is based off the $11, not off the $10. So this happens with compounding, right? Money breeds money. But the problem with debt is you can have compounding negative returns. But the problem is the interest rates on the debt, they're so huge that the negative compounding can just last for years and years and years. So good on Laura for um, to start to care. And she wishes that she could care earlier. Natalie, in my 20s, spent my time and money traveling overseas, camping with friends and partying. Loved it and wouldn't change a thing except maybe stay traveling longer. No debt, spending my savings and having the time of my life. Jess Maloney, 33, one kid on the way, stay-at-home mum. Built a home with hubby four years ago, self-employed, mid-20s, I was studying, partying, living to week. So this is the cool thing about this and this is why I wanted to read this one. Mid-20s, she was just partying, living week on week. She didn't say that she was partying with debt because a lot of these people who had debt in their 20s, they've actually said it and, um, you know, in the comments that I've read. But the cool thing is, and this is the theme that I want to get through, you know, she's 33, built a home four years ago. So like age 29, late 20s, it was easier for her to flick that switch to start to build their future because there wasn't debt there. So these first two about keeping away from consumer debt and living life, having fun, you've just got to cash flow it. Honestly, like it will 
just set you up to have the best next 10 years of your life. Because the thing is, right, society has changed. 65 years old is no longer old and out to pasture. It just isn't. 30 years ago, a 65-year-old was considered old and retirement and you were done. But with medical advances, with the way that we're living longer, we're a more prosperous society, age 65 is now considered, age 65 to 75, is now considered the lifestyle years. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means if it's moved forward 10 years at that end of the lifespan, we've got to go back to our 20s because the 20s, you've still got people who are now 26, 27, 28, 29, even 30, still living with their parents. Now, 40, 50 years ago, you would generally leave home at age 18, age 19. So what we're seeing in uh, with those observations there, in personal finance land, the 20s, is still a bit of an extension of the teens and the party times and the setting up and establishing lifetimes. But the thing is, we've got to make sure when we get our first bit of income that we are really getting our habits nailed because habits are really, habits, uh, this is interesting, habits, they usually just form in the background unless you're conscious. Have a think about a habit that you don't like that you do at the moment did you wake up one day and actively decide to buy a case of Coke No Sugar of cans and have a can at lunch every day? And I'm talking about me during COVID. I got a bit addicted to the uh, black nectar there. I didn't wake up and go, oh, I want to have a Coke No Sugar with my lunch every day. Didn't happen. It was a habit that crept in and bloody hell, it was a struggle to break that habit. So in the first part of this episode, I want you to be really, really, really aware of this debt and these habits that slip in because some of these habits we passed on to you from your parents. And while parents are well-meaning, doesn't mean their advice or their money habits are correct, aka go get a credit card, aka uh, use Afterpay, it's other people's money, blah, blah, blah. It's actually rubbish and you don't need it. Just ask Natalie, ask Jess, ask Becky and ask Stephen. They had the most banging time in their 20s and financially there wasn't this big hangover of debt that set them back when they did decide to really turn on their career. They did decide to really get after their goals. So all that to say, you know, do what you want. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have a quick break and I'm going to come back with the number three theme that I saw in all of these posts about being in your 20s with money, whether you're there now or you're looking back, or if you're in your 30s or 40s and this is new to you, this stuff, there is no time to waste. We've, we've got to lean into our own money and be intentional, hint, hint, with our decisions and life. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. 
Okay, we are back and every Tuesday we have our community segment of the week where we read more of your comments and this whole episode is due to the community segment. But this segment is brought to you by Sky. If you want to set up your income insurance and your life insurance, head to sky.com.au forward slash MMM. You told us in the census that the number five priority this year was to get your personal protection plan sorted. Reach out, have an appointment with Sky. 15 minute, no obligation chat to see how they can help and explain the process. We asked your best tip to nailing a job interview. This is a cool one. Lorene said, the star method has never failed me. Situation. Introduce the situation, set the scene and provide context. Task. Describe the task and what needed to be done and why. A for action. Explain the action you took. R, result. Describe the result in terms of benefit realised. Star method. Coming to a cinema near you. Jasmine said, ask this banger. Are there any concerns I can address about my suitability to this role before we conclude this interview today? Niall said, remember that it's just as much about their job to sell their company slash role as it is for you to sell yourself. That's an interesting thing. I always like to say, flip the interview, start interviewing them. Claire Rankin said, if you need a moment to consider your answer, say that. A comfortable silence for a little is much better than rambling or actually being awkward. Gemma Kate said, use the interviewer's name frequently and show a bit of personality. Richard Holloway, take the time to research the potential employer. Not every component, but enough to show you actually care. And I'll finish with this one. Wyatt said, last year I completed over 30 interviews allowing me to decide on what I was after. Many with some of the biggest companies in Australia. Jeez, 30 interviews, far out. I noticed that if I engaged the person with a bit of a joke, it would transform the interview into more of a chat. All that I did this with, I got an offer back from them. I also read the job ad and picked the key requirements and then bring them up throughout the interview as things I do day to day and the interviewer would always respond with, we do that too, etc. The jobs I went for, I was underqualified but still I got offered based on what I could give them and they saw potential in growing my skills to fit that role. So all Wyatt's saying there is read the bloody room and prepare, be a human. And that's all easy to say, but you know, you just got to relax, practice. And uh, one thing you need to do, it is book launch month. You can buy the book, sort your career out and make more money. All this stuff and more will be in that career book. It is the career Bible. There is almost 400 pages of pure career gold. Anyway, we'll bump out of this community segment of the week. Thanks to Sky. Make sure you get your income insurance assorted. You've got a good career. You've got a good income. Sky.com.au forward slash MMM for a 15-minute complimentary discussion to see how they can point you in the right insurance direction. All right, so the third thing I want you to focus on in your 20s is to be intentional with your cash flow. Keep your cash flow agile and as flexible as possible because when you're establishing your life, you need your life to be as fluid as possible so you can adapt and move and jump on any opportunities. If your cash flow is not lean, if your cash flow isn't managed with some type of intentionality, it will not allow you to take opportunities. And what do I mean about intentional? Well, I want you to treat your cash flow in your 20s like a startup business. A startup business. It's got some fresh money in the door, perhaps, got some 
some good money coming in. It needs to be established and be around to grow as much as possible. A startup business might not have all the luxuries to start with because it needs money for the core things. And for you, the money for the core things in your startup business in your 20s might be for your car insurance. It might be for your phone bill. It might be for rent or board. It might be for going out and having a good time. Like, just have a notion that your cash flow is like a startup business. And with a startup business, a cash flow is usually agile and it does not have a whole heap of stuff hanging off the cash flow. Like a startup business isn't going to have, like if you want a lean startup, a lean startup business is not going to have heaps of repayments. It's going to cash flow it. It's going to grow organically. It's going to be able to adapt to if the market moves, if there's opportunities. And that's what I want you to do with your own cash flow in your 20s. Have as less crap hanging off your cash flow as possible. No fixed term contracts. If you're going to a gym, see if you can go to a gym. And most of them should do this now where it's month on month. Like phone bills, see if you can buy a phone outright with cash and just go on a month by month plan. We've talked about debt. I don't want to go into that more but no payments hanging off your cash flow. I want you to have as much meat as possible in your cash flow. If you get to the end of the week and you're still growing your career and you only have $50 left over, awesome, you're killing it. Put that $50 aside. You've got to make sure your cash flow is as lean as possible because if you've got an opportunity to do something, you want to be able to say yes. If you've got an opportunity to get a job overseas, you want to be able to say yes. If you get an opportunity to move somewhere, you want to be able to say yes. If you get an opportunity to maybe work in a different location for a short term to upskill in that same business, you want to make sure that your cash flow can handle it. You want to keep your cash flow intentional. The best money system in Australia is the one that works for you and the one that you keep an eye on every pay cycle, every week, every month, you need to be intentional with your cash flow. The reason why it starts to build habits as you start to earn an income. So when you get a, a raise or a new job and there's an extra $300 a week that's coming in, that money can just go into the system and be allocated appropriately. It's not going to get wasted. I want you to also be intentional with your life in general. Be clear about what you want to do. Be clear about what you do not want to do. Now, here's the thing. I know a lot of people in their 20s and I was one of them. Up until I was about 25 years old, I had no idea what I wanted to do. But having an intentional cash flow and a lean cash flow, that's a really good thing to have when you do not know what you want to do. Flick it the other way. Your cash flow is bloody filled with payments and repayments and you're not saving any money and it's okay not to save heaps of money while you're getting started because there might not be money to save. But if an opportunity comes and you suddenly decide overnight what you want to do, you might be hamstrung by the cruise control and the lack of intentionality in your life in your 20s before that. So my encouragement is to really be intentional with what you want to do and be intentional and clear that I do not know what I want to do with my life I'm not wasting money though. I am just going to work this job. I'm going to finish my study at the moment. I'm going to just live. 
and have a life full of experiences, not waste money until I get more of an idea about the direction I want to go in. So let's look at a life with some intention. Ben Marlowe, early 20s, I moved from England to Australia with 3K in a backpack. Lucy said, mid-20s, I moved from Australia to England with just under $10,000, which quickly disappeared uh, with London rent and a backpack. So this is the announcement that you needed. COVID is over and you can travel wherever you want. Pack your bags and bloody get out of here if you're in your 20s and you want to travel. If you don't want to travel, don't. But have some intention with your cash flow. And if you don't know what you want to do with life, can you set some short-term goals to keep you dialed in? You're allowed to save money without a goal attached to that money. What if you say, my goal is, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life, but I want to save $10,000 over the next however long. That's my goal. Because I think it's important to always have a goal, however small. Have a strategy for that goal, however small. Be intentional with your cash flow and intentional with your life. Kate Lambley said, I'm 36 now. In my mid-20s, I was sticking my head in the sand in an endless payday loan loop and always living pay to pay. So that's an example of, you know, Kate's well out of that now, but it is an example of not being intentional, isn't it? If you're living week on week in an endless payday loan loop, you're not living intentionally. Now, I'll carve out you know, if something's happened in your life and it's out of your control and you're stuck in a a weird situation, I'll carve all that out because we're always going to have grace. But the fact that Kate knew that she was sticking her head in the sand, that says to me that Kate wasn't living with intention. So, okay, Glenn, I'm 35 and I'm listening to this podcast. Oh, you can still live with intention at age 35. In fact, if you're 40 years old and you're listening to this and you have had no intention in your life, Today's the time to start. We have to live intentionally. You will get results in your life from what you pay attention to. If you don't believe me, try it. Trust me, it works. Now, sticking to that attention is the hard thing and that's where you need to build habits. But if you really want results in any area of your life, be intentional. So let's read on, shall we? Patrick said... And this is an example of things going the other way, not living with intention. When I was in my mid-20s, I was drowning in credit card debt, fines, and a bad credit rating. Thank God I passed that. My 20s were an anxiety-riddled decade. We'll talk a bit more about that soon. But, you know, if you have a a proclivity to mental health or anxiety uh, concerns, having debt and not living with intention with your cash flow can exacerbate those anxious thoughts. Trust me, I know. Jennifer, here's a good one about being intentional. She's 24, owns a townhouse, no savings and living paycheck to paycheck at the moment, but holidays are paid in advance and I'll be saving going forward. I saved and haven't taken holidays this last few years, so just enjoying life for a few months. Bills are always paid straight away. She's got 30K in hex and help debt, a double degree and nearly finished a grad diploma working full-time. So that to me sounds like intention. Owns a house, pays the bills on time, saves for holidays, no consumer debt. I would encourage Jennifer on a personal note, I want you to start to get some savings behind you. You might've wiped out all your savings paying for your townhouse, but 
you know, you have been intentional to be 24 years old with a townhouse. Tara, this is amazing, this one. Talk about intention, living with intention. I'm 21, 22 in February. So next month, 22. I've got about 42K in savings right now. No debt and about 50K of hex. Haven't branched out into investing or anything yet purely because I haven't had the time to do proper research or commit to anything yet. I was raised in a home where my mum really struggled to make ends meet at times and was left with a huge personal loan and after dad split. So I'm very reluctant to do anything with my money without knowing everything about where it is going first. I'm only my first year out of uni in a full-time nursing job, but hoping to buy a house next year. I don't have the travel bug one bit, so I have no appeal to spend money there. So Tara's living with the intention that she doesn't want her life to ever be like the situation that she came out of. So that's intention, right? She's intentional that she doesn't want to spend money on stuff without researching and rushing into it. I would also encourage you, Tara, to make sure you're just enjoying life as well uh, because we have to, I believe, still have fun and experiencing life particularly in our 20s, if we do not have stuff that's holding us down and tying us up. Rihanna said, I'm 26 and doing very well, in my own opinion, have $30,000 saved towards my first home and working full-time and close to graduating from uni, a double degree with honours. All right, good on you. I've been prioritising travel and spending time with family and friends more so than having for my home deposit, and I don't regret that decision. I'm planning on going on a short-term study tour with uni to the Netherlands uh, in January, which is right now. That will be very expensive, but for me, the money is worth the experience. I'm very glad to have a solid emergency fund because the last few weeks, I've been saving very little with the cost of living rising and unexpected charges. So what am I getting at here? Tara, Rihanna, they've been intentional with their money. How can you be intentional with your money? It doesn't have, like, you hear this stuff about, oh, I've got a financial plan and all that, which is awesome. I think, you know, I was a financial advisor, financial planner for 13, 14 years. I love having a financial plan. But if you're in your 20s, your financial plan could be this. I live on less than I earn. I invest the rest. Your financial plan could be, I live less than I earn. I have a lean and agile budget and I'm saving for a holiday or a year in Europe. Your financial plan could be, I have a lean and agile budget and I'm not sure what I'm saving for, but I just want to get to 10 grand so I have a buffer in my life. Your financial plan could be, I have a lean and agile budget, I love my career, I want to do better with my career over the long term, but right now I need to save $5,000 because I want to upgrade my car. Your financial plan could be, I have a lean and agile budget, I'm intentional with what I do with my money and I'm currently saving because I want to do some extracurricular education through a course and work said they'll pay me back if I foot the bill and pass the mark. Your financial plan could be, I'm living on less than I earn, I want to travel with my partner, then we want to get married and have a big wedding. So we're going to save $5,000 for a holiday, then we're going to save 30 grand for a wedding. I don't know. You get what, you get what I'm saying? Don't I want this episode to be, you know, for you in your 20s, that the best investment that you can make other than your career, and we'll help with that in the book, Sort Your Career Out and Make More Money that has just uh, come out, the best investment that you can make in your life 
is to be intentional with your cash flow and be clear about what you want to do and have some type of intention with your life. And it's okay if you don't know what you want to do with your life, but you can still have some type of intention, I believe. Your intention could be, I just want to get an emergency fund and get out of debt. Your intention could be, I just want to save money, not have a a life that was like growing up, and I want to be a generous person with my time and money. Your intention could be, I'm only really worried about finishing uni, not having consumer debt, and then I might go overseas for a couple of years, then come back to Australia by age 26, and then work out what I want to do. Don't listen to all the crap that says that you need to do stuff. I honestly believe, and this is just from a personal financial vibe, if you live on less than you earn, have some savings in your life, have a goal and live your life. If you get to age 29 or 30 and you've got no money left but a heap of awesome experiences and you're, you've just finished your degree and you're now ready to, quote unquote, settle down into your career, that's so amazing. If you're in your early 20s and you're a, a young person and you're doing a trade or an apprenticeship, lean into it. Be the best technician, be the best craftsperson, be the best whatever possible. Lean into that. You don't, have, you don't have to go to uni. I didn't go to university. I did an apprenticeship at age 16. Got a whole heap of life skills. Then I worked out, oh, I wanted to pursue this finance thing. Then I enrolled in a course through a private college. You can do this stuff. Number one, keep out of consumer debt. If you're in debt, pay it off. If you're out of debt, keep out of it. Number two, have a fun life. Experience life, but cash flow it. Number three, be intentional with your cash flow. Keep it agile like a startup business and be intentional with your life in general. It's okay if you don't want to know what you're going to do, but get some type of foundation and formula in life that you're always living actively, not passive. You want some bonus points? All right, let's do that. Get an emergency fund, save up some money and move on. You know, I talk about this sound financial house. Can you set up your emergency fund? It's easy to start to build your sound financial house, which is what I talk about in the book, sort your money out. I was about to say sort your career out. Sort your money out, the sound financial house. And you can just Google Glenn James sound financial house. There'll be a Google image there. One of the foundations is cashed up and debt free. Now, it's easy to be debt-free and have that foundation built if you don't have consumer debt. So try and get an emergency fund in place, a couple of dollars, grand or two, just to get started. If you need a target, start at $500. Emma Power said, I'm in my mid-20s and pretty well where I want to be. Husband and I have a house which we bought at 22 and are content with where we are. We have an emergency in general savings, have stable jobs and excess money to invest as we wish or slash save for any other goals. So within all that, I've read a lot about people being in their early 20s and you know they've got a house or heaps of cash and all that. If you're in your early 20s and you want to start a family, we'll do that. If you're in your early 20s and you'll get married, we'll do that. If you're in your early 20s and you want to eat, pray, love in Bali for two years, we'll do that. The thing is, it's your life. You can set it up however you want. This is the new Australian dream. It's living life on your own terms. But within all that, having an emergency fund, being intentional with your cash flow, being consumer debt-free 
will help you greatly to live your life on your own terms. If you're in your early 20s and you want to get married tomorrow, knock yourself out. If you're in your early 20s and you want to save up and buy a second car as a hobby and it's a piece of crap and you like working on it, knock yourself out and let me know what type of car you're going to get. You can do whatever you want. It's just people give you shade for doing stuff because it's not what they did and it's not what they think is quote unquote normal or what you should do. The best investment you can make in your 20s is being confident in you and your decisions. So I really want to encourage you to do that. Be confident in your decisions. Own your decisions. Now, after hearing this, if you go and get a personal loan for $10,000, go and spend it on a holiday overseas and you come back, don't write into the Facebook group whinging about you got $10,000 debt. No, you knew that you were doing that. You lie in the bed you make for yourself. So there's a couple of things there, right? If we do stuff knowing that we've done it, hang your hat on that. Don't whinge. But if you've been a victim of society and you wake up with debt, well, we'll help you through it. Well, I'll help anyone through anything, but you know what I'm saying? Let's just um, understand that anyway, ranting. Invest in your career. Here's a bonus point. Melissa McElroy, she said this, I'm 25, I got my dream job this year and have completed an undergrad degree and currently studying a diploma. We'll have around 45 grand for a house deposit by the end of the year. So no debt, only hex. Start investing in ETFs last year and super balance is very healthy for my age. Now, someone like Larissa, I've seen her name in the Facebook group. Maybe, okay, look, let's let's do this, right? Let's do this. Uh, I'm just going to open Facebook. My Millennial Money. See, I can go in the background and, well, everyone can search members. I'm just going to search Larissa. Okay, yes. Larissa McElroy joined about three years ago. So Melissa joined the Facebook group three years ago when she was about 22 years old. She is an example of someone who has been so intentional with her life and so dialed in and plugged in, she's just smashing goals because, like we say, you get results from what you pay attention to. So good on you, Larissa. Thanks for being part of the Facebook group and listening to the podcast. Yeah, you're awesome. Good stuff. Next bonus point, mental health. In my early 20s, I didn't know that I had depression, anxiety. I just thought that everyone felt that way. It was times in my life where I look back and knowing what it was, I was just key moments. I was so depressed. Oh, so anxious. Oh, I remember a story, even after, um, I think I was about 26, 27 years old, I had my own business doing financial advice, ha- had lots of money. I reckon I, I may have been the envy of my, some of my friends and other people looking in, right? Had all the time in the world so I could live life on my own terms and work when I wanted to work. Had lots of money. I was standing in Piccadilly Circus in London. I'm like, this is awesome. Like I can be wherever I want in the world, got money, it's all good. But I was so, so depressed. Oh my gosh. I just remember it. I still remember it there. I remember exactly what I was wearing. I've got a um, my jeans. I had these Converse type shoes. I had um, my gray jacket. Still got the jacket. It's actually a really good jacket. But I remember I was wearing my hoodie because these moments in life that define you or I wouldn't say define, but a key defining moments of your life, you will remember to the like the millimeter of information. I was just depressed. I didn't know why. And then 
luckily I'm self-aware enough to go, hang on, something's not right here. And this was harder to realize earlier on because earlier on in my life, I didn't have lots of time and I didn't have lots of money. But now I had achieved lots of time and lots of money. Shouldn't I be happy? Shouldn't I be not depressed? Ah, all the external things are normal. Why am I feeling bad on the inside? Well, that's called depression and anxiety. So at any age right now, if you feel that you are not feeling great, if you think, hang on, there is no reason that I should be feeling this way. And I've been through other bouts of like situational, what do they call it? Um, Reactive depression, I think. I had a business um, really depressed, really depressed. This was before I was medicated. And like for me, depression, it kind of came and went in waves and I was good for a while. And then I was in a business and there was some things that weren't working and I had really bad depression and the situation I was reacting to it, which gave me reactive depression. I went to my GP and I said, look, I've got this business, um, you know, my business partner wants to do this. And he said to me, it was just so funny. And I would encourage anyone to go to your GP if you do have any thoughts of feeling that you're not right or, and I was in a bad mood every day. Like just talk about instability with mood, gosh. He said, oh, it sounds like you're, um, you're not aligned. I'm like, oh, within a week of that discussion, and some talk therapy, and thankfully I got into a psychologist the next day, um, I made the call and said, I need to opt out of this business. The moment I made the decision to leave that bad environment, and it wasn't, I won't say bad environment, a non-aligned environment, the depression and anxiety left the building. So there was this reactive. So you might be in a situation that is causing your depression. It could be a reactive depression. Um, now, I do not know anything professionally about psychology. You need to speak to your GP if you do have issues that you can't shake. Because for me, I was like, when Patrick said, my 20s were an anxiety riddled decade. Mate, you and me both, bro. And there are a lot of young dudes and I can only speak to the young dudes because I know what it was like to be a young dude. But there are a lot of young dudes that we live with this stuff because we're not open and we don't talk about it. So when I went, and I'm harping on about this because it's so important. If it just helps one person, I'm happy. So if you're all good, just please give me two seconds. I struggled to go to my GP and talk about mental health in my twenties because I was so scared that I was going to go to my doctor and I was the first ever person ever that would go into his room and say, I'm feeling this way all the time. Anyway, I thought what would happen, I would say, oh, I'm feeling a bit, you know, upset, not sure what's going on. Is there any, I thought he would press the big red button and the dings would go off and people would run in and the cameras would go and be like, all right, we've got our first case of like depression and anxiety. And it's, um, let's really embarrass this guy because it's not normal and all this stuff. I thought that's what was going to happen. But he goes, oh, Sounds like you might have a bit of depression there. Let's, um, let me just grab something. And so like, it was just a business as usual for him. And not that it wasn't important, but just, it was just a medical thing. Like if I went into the doctor and I said, Hey, I, um, what's a thing that I've gone to the doctor for? Like, Oh, I fell over on my wrist two months ago and it's still sore. He'd go, all right, well, let's have a look at it. So it was exactly like that. So get on top of that stuff. And, um, I know I was, 
trying to talk to the young men there, but you know, young women, if that's you as well, please um, speak to your GP. I want you to understand Hex and Help Debt. And there's a lot of comments in the Facebook group where people say, just pay it off, just pay it off. I'm probably not paying that off straight away. Um, I'm only really paying my Hex or Help Debt off if all my other short-term goals are made. Um, if there's a little bit left on the Hex or Help Debt and you know there might be $5,000 left on your Hex or Help Debt and you want to go for a mortgage and they go, look, if you clear the hex or help debt of five grand, you'll be able to borrow a hundred grand more. You've just got to understand with hex or help debt, whether you've got a 200,000 hex or help debt or a $100 debt, the withholding amount from your salary will be the same. So if your two people earn 60 grand a year, one person had $100 of help debt and the other person had 200 grand, the same amount would be withheld from their pay. So it's not about um, the size of the debt in terms of, what is uh, deducted from your pay. So you just need to really understand that and don't worry about it too much. I want you to take risks. Take a risk, you've got time to recover. We tell people in their you know, retirement years that you, know, you want to slowly dial down the financial exposure to risky assets, not 100%, but you know, because if there is a financial hiccup, you don't have the recovery time. With your life, take that risk, start that bloody business take that holiday, make that call. Sound like I'm one of those ads. Um, take risks. What's the worst that can happen? Write it down. We've got our My Money Journal that's about to come out. So uh, it's a re-release of the My Money Journal. If you are into journaling and you want to get your thoughts on paper, in that journal, we do a whole heap around risks and starting to understand risks. And even in the career book, Sort Your Career Out and Make More Money, uh, Shell and I even do a whole chapter on risk-taking. Now, if you're in your 20s, I'd really encourage you to lean into the risk taking, uh, but make sure they're measured risks and make sure they're the right risks to take and make sure, and this is what we talk about in the book, make sure the risks line up with your values. So there's nothing worse than a risk that doesn't line up with who you are as a person and what you value. I just made a comment here on kids. I mean, if you want kids, have kids. Um, if you've got debt, this is my kind of 101 house view on um, starting a family. One, start a family whenever you want, don't care. But two, I would say if you've got, I don't know, I'm making a number up. As a, a person or a couple, you've got $5,000 of a personal loan that you want to just clear up. And it probably might take you a, you know, a year, six months to lean into before you do that. And then you know the emergency fund and whatnot. I would probably say maybe press pause on the family thing for a hot minute, clean up any small amount of mess and get on some financial foundations. If you owe someone a million dollars and you've got to pay it off the rest of your life, well, you're not going to put off starting a kid. So somewhere between um, don't put off starting a family <laughs> and put off starting a family for six months or a hot minute, uh, just use your own wisdom um, with that. Because I, I don't have kids, but I have heard they are expensive. And we know that generally speaking, at any age and at any type of life event or life goal, life can be smoother when you have solid sound foundations in your life. I made a note of these last three points. I don't know what they mean. I'm going to just discuss it with you now. And if you're still listening after an hour, thank you. I would rather you be a people gleaner than a people pleaser. 
And what do I mean by that? Well, I don't know. We're going to work it out now. I just wrote these down and it was a few weeks ago and I forget. But what I was getting at in my mind was, can you focus on gleaning from other successful people for your life at any age, but in your twenties, particularly as you are setting up your life, can you get a mentor? Can you be mentored by someone else in your life who might not even know that you're mentoring them? You might be listening to this like, oh, I want to be financially set up like Glennie's. He's got like lots of money and a successful business and all that. Well, let me mentor you remotely via this podcast. It's not ideal, but if you've got no one in your life and you want some type of true north, while I'm not perfect, there could be a figure in your life that you could be subconsciously or consciously mentored by. What if you listen to a health and fitness podcast? Let them be your health and fitness mentor. The people-pleasing thing, it does lead to money spending because if you are a people-pleaser, you may fall into the trap of spending money, whether that is taking people out, um, buying stuff to keep up with the Joneses and all that stuff. So that's all I would say. Be a people gleaner, not a people pleaser. And they don't really rhyme, but I'm just, you know, fleshing that out while we finish up today. And finally, don't be afraid of getting professional advice, even in your 20s. You know, if you want to buy a property one day or an investment property, get a clarity call with John, just bounce your situation off John. $350 would be the best investment that you'll make because you're using a sounding board that is not, it doesn't have the family crap that might be in your family. It will be a true north whether your ideas, and this is the cool thing, the clarity call will focus on your ideas and your strategy rather than this layer of you should or should do this because that's what we've always done or not done in our family. So while family advice could be well-meaning, it's often not the best advice. So it could be getting some advice from a professional person. So there's a clarity call with John Pigeon who hosts the My Millennial Property Podcast. What if you want a bit of a, a personal goal session? James Millard from Sufficient Funds, he's been on the podcast before. His team, they've got like an hour session and it's just about goals and you and your life. Do that with your partner if you've got one. Just... And these are just once-off payments that you can pay just to have a third-party sounding board and start to get some direction and goals if you don't have that. So don't be afraid in your 20s to invest in some third-party advice or sounding board for your life. If in doubt, go to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help, and I'll refer you to someone. If you just want to have a chat, put in the notes. I listened to the 20 episode. I want to have a chat with an advisor. I just want to have a goal setting session. I'll connect you with someone. You'll pay for it because they're a professional. And, you know, if we did everything for free, we as in professionals, uh, there'd be no time left in the day. So there has to be a price on that. So you're bought in and it does value their time. So don't be afraid to pay for professional advice. So at the end of the day, you might be thinking, Glenn, you've just done a whole hour and a bit on money in your 20s. Why haven't you talked about investing and having that as your target? Why haven't you talked about buying a house? Why haven't you talked about buying an investment property? Why haven't you not told people to travel and then to uh, buy property first and then travel? Why haven't you said start a family, then travel? Why haven't you said travel and start a family? Well, I believe If we keep the three things as our main North Star, one, keeping out of consumer debt, two, experiencing life and having fun, but cash flowing it, not with consumer debt, 
And three, being intentional with your life, being intentional with your cash flow, being intentional with your goals. Even if you don't have any goals, make a little goal up and be intentional. If you do those three things, your 20s will be the most rewarding decade of your life. But you also need to know, as you start your career, it will take a few years before you start earning good money. And that's why you really need to focus on being the intentional with your cash flow. To be honest, I really didn't start to earn good money until probably 27, 28. And it sucked. <laughs> like having no money sucks. You know, we all know it. But it's just getting to that thing where it's like, well, I'm going to be intentional with what I've got and I'm not going to spend tomorrow's prosperity today. If I make decisions about tomorrow, today, that are tied to debt, you will get caught up at some stage. What do you think? Well, you're being real. I've been Glenn, and I really appreciate you sticking around and letting me have a bit of a chat about money in your 20s. Remember, it is career book launch month. And I'm only crapping on about this because it's actually a better book than Sort Your Money Out and Get Invested because it's the prequel and everything you need to do in your life before you start investing is investing in you, the person, because you are the best investment ever. And we want to maintain that investment by keeping out of debt, by living and having fun and experiences and being intentional. I'm Glenn James. I'll talk to you next time here on My Millennial Money. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports a variety of charities, and we encourage you to consider giving as part of your overall financial strategy. If you would like some giving options, or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to mymillennial.money forward slash charities for more info. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289.